When it comes to EVE Online, every player wants to know the most effective tactic available. You want to know the meta. The meta controls everything. It determines what will and will not happen. Knowing the meta will alter your views, make you question your reality. It might even make you laugh. And now, you're part of it. You're watching The Meta Show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Meta Show. Today oh God, is... so far. Wow, we've got a lot of crazy shit going on the screen right now, <laughs> let me tell you. Oh Today my God, is not kidding. March, May the 6th, 2022. We are here, we are live, wow, on what is now officially our 20th anniversary episode of The Meta Show. I've got crazy stuff happening in the background because, of course I do. Let me change this back to what it was before. Which is here? I think the uh, the old Jita, a big dead dying Titan in Jita. Yes, the cat is out of the bag, ladies and gentlemen. We have with you us today for the Meta Show for today's special twentieth anniversary episode of the Meta Show. Three of our favorite guests of all time. Number one, the man, the myth, the legend, Mister Karma Fleet himself, Merkel Chen, is here with us. Hi, Mark. Hi, everybody. Nice to see you. Second, we have our most favorite non-Imperium retired warlord, Metaverse warlord, I should say, Dunk Dinkle, live from the bee's knees in California. Hi, Dunk. How are you? Doing great. Good to see everybody. And now, you've all been waiting for this. For the first time in over 10 months, almost a year, the founder, creator, and inspiration behind the Meta Show, the former Space Emperor for the Ages and retired warlord, the Matani, back for his first Meta Show in almost a year since last July. Hi, Mittens. How are well, you? Hello, everybody. It's uh, it, it's good to be back on the show for the, the 20th anniversary. My, I am not playing Eve or anything. Again, let's not have the conspiracy theories. That's one of the reasons of course. I started disappeared so hard because you know it's like no really i'm i'm an ai and and weed and lake house guy now but it's good to be back thank you for having me i hope everybody is doing well uh 20 years wow it's uh, it's absolutely crazy isn't it mark that this game has lasted 20 years i think when this game started you were what six i was i was i just crawled out of the uh the primordial ooze actually if you can believe it <laughs> right the uh the truth is you know as much as we have for good reason found plenty of things to bitch and moan about eve online one cannot deny that it's perhaps single defining legacy is longevity uh as other games have come and gone perhaps better games have come and gone eve has persisted for some reason Despite all odds, it continues to not die. So here we are, 20 years later, and we're still playing the goddamn game. A pretty incredible brisk. It's it's nuts to me. And the fact that we've had so many different stories, so many different things happen, so many different people that have played this game with us, that 
it could take years just to go through like a year by year of the last 20 years. So we're not going to do that. We're going to talk about shit we care about, which is stuff that we figure you care about, which is going to include things like stories that we all want to tell about fun things that we did in Eve. I expect we will have a definite amount of story time with Uncle Mittens today. Oh dear. And I want to hear from Duncan and Merck and the guys as well about what they think about the current state of the game and what they think about all the good times that they had in the past and whether we are going to see that again for another 10 years, because you never know. 10 years ago, we were talking about the second decade. Now we're talking about the third decade. And it's crazy that we're all still here together, hanging out for this goofy-ass internet spaceship game that none of us can quit. So without further ado, I'm just going to get into it. Dunk, I would love to talk to you about your article. You wrote a long article about being a metaverse warlord. And thank you. Uh, Mittens was saying this earlier, but I'll, I'll repeat it. Thank you for introducing that phrase into the, the meta. That's very fun. Mm. It's a very cool thing. Tell us about that article and what, why you wrote it and what is in there and, and just in general, anything that you want to talk about regarding that. Um, I'll throw it well, up on I the mean, screen if I can know, find it. Quitting, quitting Eve uh, was a big deal and handing it off to Jinx, you know, um, for people outside the game, it doesn't sound like a very emotional big deal in your life. But I think to most of the people here, here in this, in the, on this panel and to play the game, I think when it becomes such a big hobby that you travel around the world and all this kind of stuff, it was a big thing to stop. But I kind of, I reached a point I wasn't having fun in my health and all those things. And uh, in the immediate aftermath, you know, it felt very weird handing off everything, um, and a lot of thoughts threw in my head and. Am I doing the right thing? All that kind of stuff. And then as kind of what I wanted started to take place, which was I didn't feel the stress. I didn't feel the need to be online. I didn't feel the need to be responsible to make these decisions and stuff like that. I could read books and Matani and I talked about Warhammer a bit. And like, I, I now get to read a lot more. I actually get to watch some television shows. I, I play other games. I enjoy Dwarf Fortress. Um, yeah. There's a Warhammer Dark Tide <laughs> game, which is fun because it's like 20 minutes of shooting. Dude, we're just, way in we on that. Where the F have you been? Oh, all, yes. right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> right. I got to get them started early. So, so for me, there was the immediate sense of just, I don't have anything to, to, to do, right? But then probably a little later, a couple months after that, you know, these kind of thoughts start going through my head about, you know, what was it really like and how do I explain this to people? Because um, it was like a big moment in my life and definitely for my wife when I stopped playing. So like I, I commute into work and so I have this time where it's just me in a car with some music playing and, you know, these different thoughts about the different aspects of, of what it meant to, to play this game, the simulation, and especially about like the lessons in leadership I learned. Because even though in real life, I'm a corporate executive, I have a staff right now, like 60 people, which is a lot of people, but in EVE, it's thousands of people that are looking up to me. And it was an experience I don't think very many people have had. And those who have had it are almost like a, a fraternity, brotherhood, sisterhood, whatever you want to call it. Of You've been through it. You understand what that feels like. So, uh, you know, I've written a lot of stuff in the past. And so I just started putting notes down on pieces, you know, just on a Word document. And eventually, as I got around six months of like I've been away from the game, I'm like, you know, you should just turn this into the, to the essay you want to write. I had some friends who don't play Eve review it so I could get a feel like, is this understandable? Um, I had my daughter take a look at it. She now <laughs> works in gaming social media and 
you know, I in the original version, I had a bunch of stuff of all my street cred about how many video games I played and how much tech I knew. And I, I stripped almost all that out because they said it doesn't really add to what you're trying to tell. What everybody found it really interesting was the personal relationships that I talked about, about what it's like to lead people, this nano celebrity, um, these parasocial relationships that occur. All of that they felt was really interesting. So I kind of made the article more about that. And it, it felt more to me like kind of closing the door on, on this whole thing in a way that I've kind of now have shared what I learned, shared my experience, um, and a little bit of looking forward where I think this kind of thing that we have in EVE right now feels kind of unique. But I think as society slowly adapts to what the internet can bring and community and all that, we're going to see more and more of this kind of stuff. And you see the inklings with it, with these the DAOs and things like that, which is kind of right now fraught with a lot of like, uh, you know, rug pulling and drama and all this kind of stuff. But the concept of these global communities that are focused on tasks or hobbies or whatever, I, I think we're at, at the dawn of that becoming a more serious part of not just us Uber geeks lives, but the average person starting to get involved in these communities that really are organized and span, you know, um, all kinds of walks of life. So I've been talking for a while now, so I'll, I'll be quiet. Does it blow your mind, Dunk? And I and I, I ask this because I had this revelation a couple of weeks ago when we had um, a boat on the show. Does it? Does it? Does it? Do you ever think sit back and then because you, you're right that especially on the scale that you guys operate on. I mean, I you know not to not to be crazy here. There's a difference in what I do and what you guys do uh, or did in this case. But when you talk about the thousands of, of players you've had to. Um, have had some kind of interaction with, whether it be directly or indirectly, um, you know, through your position. Does it does it does it feel weird to you at all that there are people out there right now, sitting in their homes, going about their business, who whose lives have been changed in a significant way because of the the organization that you helped manage and develop and grow over time, that you'll never know their names, you'll never have any idea that they exist. But they're gonna take that with them. They hell, they might fucking tell their kids about it someday. You know, I mean, this is this is when you think about these these you know these groups in the game. I mean, I can't. I wouldn't expect you to know everybody who is in Brave. I wouldn't expect Merc to know everybody in Karma Fleet or you know Brisker in in in, in it or Hell Mittens and Goon Fleet. I don't. Sure they, I I so it 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 blows my mind. It blows. It's it, it, for me when I was talking about boat. You know, because I when I came up, I, I used to watch old boat videos, and I was like, "Fuck me, I want to be an FC someday." You know what I mean? Like, I want to do that. That's cool. Uh, and he had no idea because, of course not. Why wouldn't he? So the scale and that for you know what what the number of people who you've been able to to influence in that way does it ever does it ever hit you at all? Does it ever, you ever have that moment where you sit back and think like, "Fuck, man, this meant something." A little bit. I mean, I mean, I miss the people a lot. I miss hearing the voices. Uh, you know, I logged in briefly to light a sino on John Bellicose Day, a big memorial we do every year, and hearing the voices was a bit emotional for me. Um, mm -hmm. But I don't so much think about it like I changed their life, like being like a father, and I, I come at it with a different, slightly different point of view. Is like there's so many people you meet in the game. And you get to interact with them over a couple of years and watching them improve their life or get over some trauma or whatever they're going through. And 
being able to share in these people's little triumphs in their life, which are in the big scale, they're just little things, but to them, they're huge. And to be able to share that with them, like I only have two daughters. I only get to share that many like things with them, but with the people in brave, it was, I finally figured out how to make bread or I graduated with my master's degree or I got married these things that happen in people's lives, I got to share. In. And so it was something that felt very much like the average person doesn't get that much kind of feeling of community achievement of that their friends, these people they care about are improving their lives. So that's kind of the thing that I take away from it is that is, you know, tremendously uh, nourishing, nourishing to someone mm. to see people like be able to improve or get through things. It's fucking cool, um, Dunk. Yep. It's really, really cool. Now, Mark, I would like to ask you because, you know, Mark just asked, Dunk, what's it feel like to, to change people's lives? Mark, what does it feel like to know you've changed a ton of people's lives, including mine, mm -hmm. just by being you, Mr. Chad? I'll tell what's you it what? feel like? <laughs> I was reflecting while you guys were talking about it. And what really stuck with me the proudest day, well, the proudest and the saddest we minted those apes and one of you motherfuckers stole mine. And if you're watching this <laughs> fucking stream, I want that fucking ape back. I'm not even kidding. We don't move forward until my apes are returned. Oh, um, God bless. It's, it's super fun. There's a thousand little paper cuts that you have to make as a leader of a big Eve group, you know, like adjusting roles, sending money around, logging in to goof around and do this or that. I do a stream once a week on a Saturday night, so I don't have much of a social life. It's just kind of a commitment, you know, and for me, I'm running on, you know, I'm certainly not the, the longest in the tooth, but about eight and a half years or so of doing that kind of stuff. And you meet a zillion people and you hear all kinds of stuff and people are nice enough that you, you pretty often get messages just saying, Hey, you know, appreciate what you guys are doing. Appreciate all the hard work. I can tell it's not always fun right now. My corporation is going through a little thing. We like to go through maybe every 18 months where standing fleet turns into a bunch of fucking savages and starts tearing each other apart. And we've got to like, come up with rules of engagement and how we're going to manage it. And that's, you know, when you're on your sixth uh, time of solving, same old shit, same right? Yeah. yeah. You're on this. You're on the sixth time of solving the same exact problem. You're just thinking, man, I wish everybody could just take it a little fucking easy and realize that these are this path is completely beaten down because we've been here a million times. Um, but, you know, it, brisk. Think about it. It was two weeks ago. A half a dozen of us, our, our old school crew, were in Vegas because one of our buddy, our Eve buddies died, you know, and, and we got the guys together and just sitting around and talking about the dumb shit we used to do when we were a lot younger, skinnier, with less gray hair. It's pretty remarkable, you know. Um, I, I'm friends with everybody on this show right now in real life because of the game, you know, and we talk about things. And honestly, I don't want anyone trying to convince Mittens to come back and play Eve. He's actually busy with our Warhammer Guild. Uh, he's the, yeah, we yeah, got. He's got too he's much work guild to do. Treasurer. We call it a reclusiest, but um, <laughs> he doesn't have time for that shit right now. He's too busy painting miniatures and things like that. But it's wonderful. It really is. I wouldn't do it if if the uh, juice wasn't worth the squeeze, and and it is. And there's weird times where 
you know, you've been through this before. People start, you know, calling your work and sending emails to your family and, you know, like really creepy douchebaggery. But that is a sliver of less than 1% of the people out there. Everybody else is usually really pleasant to uh, get a chance to know. Now, Mittens, there is nobody, nobody in EVE Online who is more synonymous with this game than you. You are inarguably the most famous EVE Online player of all time. This game just turned 20. You spent most of your adult life playing this game. What, is it, what does it feel like thinking about this game being 20 years old now? It is extremely strange, right? Like, for my personal journey into this game, um, I began in 2005 because I was bored of Molten Core, right? And the like, the name, the Mitanni, came from just an old World of Darkness character. Because when I booted up Eve, I had no idea. Like, I wasn't going like, "Ooh, you know, let's 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 build an empire and you know bring the galaxy to its knees" or anything like that. No, I was I was just bored of World of Warcraft, and then. I like spying and one thing followed another. And I think that the fact that it is possible to essentially accidentally, right? Like, you know, obviously if you, if you want to do the space empire thing, it requires a, a whole bunch of people doing a whole lot of work together towards a, a group goal. Uh, but the fact that that is possible in this game and the fact that you can just be bored of World of Warcraft one day, start playing a game, and then fast forward and you've traveled all around the world, you know people all around the world, your mind has been expanded so much because you know Eve forces you to have contact with people all around the world. I think one of the things that makes Eve so unique and the tribes that form within Eve so fascinating uh, is that it is this international cross-cultural connection. Now, everybody's a spaceship nerd. We're all playing the game, but we're all doing it in different ways. And then everybody is mashed together in conflict after conflict. And so you get some really interesting uh, opportunities to make friends with people that you would never encounter in your daily life. For better or for worse, uh, and you know that that changes you fundamentally, and I think that's one of the things that really differentiates Eve from a lot of these other games that are less international and, and less uh, focused on having a single shard. There's a lot of like sociological magic that happens there, and that's one of the, the that magic uh, then is related into our connectedness and our experiences. The fact that like the fact that at the start of a Titan fight you are so nervous that you're literally worried that you might shit your pants because it's such a knife in the guts when you're shoving years of work and trillions and trillions of dollars of heart. You know, you're just putting your dick on the table and hoping that it doesn't get chopped off. And you realize, you know, you, that that especially with a tie dye, that that real kind of uh, feeling it, you experience certain things in this game that are only possible because of its international nature, the type of interactions that you have, uh, and the type of experiences that come from all of that. And, and I think that is why uh, it is still here 20 years. And I think it will still be here in 20 years from this, simply because Eve is an engine for creating truly unique sociological structures and experiences. Uh, and where else can you lead a fleet? Where else can you conquer a galaxy, right? Like, it, it, it's something else. There's, there's never been a game like it. Um, many have tried. Uh, I don't think there ever will be a game quite like it. Uh, we will see. Uh, but, you know, it, it's been an honor, right? Because the other thing is, like you, like you say, you end up, whether you like it or not, when you play Eve, you touch millions of lives. 
And I say millions because it's not necessarily about the people that are playing Eve right now. You are standing on the shoulders of giants, right? So much of what I knew came from watching what Istvan Shogatsu did in the espionage metagame in the 2004-2003 era, right? Uh, so everyone is standing on somebody else's shoulder. Every producer learned from someone. Every market condition is a, a testament to something that some human did in this universe, which imbues the whole damn thing with a lot more meaning than you get uh, in pretty much any other game. Uh, so it, it's impossible to encapsulate it in one just long rant, but there, there's so many different angles as to how this is uh, a truly special thing. And I have to agree with you 100% on the whole standing on the shoulders of giants thing, because I look back, you know, I took over the meta show. You asked me to take the meta show over in, in October of 2019. It's four years ago since we started doing oh, this wow. thing again. So, and I was resting on your shoulders. I was resting on Boat's shoulders. I was resting on Laz's shoulders, all the folks that had done the show before. And, and, it, and it's great because you come in and you're like, hey, you know what? I don't have to start from scratch. I don't have to create all this stuff uh, from the beginning. I have a thing that's already in place where I can just go ahead, be the host, push the buttons, and folks show up and enjoy themselves. And then we keep it going. So, and I think, and I, I look back on the other Eve streamers that I, that I spent a lot of time with, whether it was Dirk McGurk on open comms, Drayden on open comms or Matterall on talking to stations, all these other talking heads that I've listened to over the years, Alec on, uh, on declarations of war, you know, we all, at least in very different ways are standing on the shoulders of giants. And I I'm fortunate and I'm pleased that we have three of those giants here that can oh. hang out with us for at least another half an hour on this 20th anniversary episode of the meta show. Now for me, my story in Eve was was like a lot of people's. I'm just a line member. I never got to do and I never got to be the the autocrat. I never got to be the guy in charge of anything, but I never really wanted to be. Because just showing up and playing the game and hanging out with people was more fun. And being space famous is okay. I mean, it's nice to get primary because at least, you know, hey, I can finish the fight quicker and then go do something else. But in the end, playing this game was all about the community. And that's what I want to talk about with you guys next. And I know Mark. You're, as a wormholer, you guys have an extremely tight-knit community as it is. But one of the things I love about this game is you, you have people from all walks of life, all races, all ethnicities, all genders, all uh, nationalities from around the world. They're all playing, coming together, playing the same game, and they're all doing it in a different way, which I think is also cool. Like, we can all say, all right, I played Mass Effect 3, and oh, what, what was it like to say goodbye to Garrus for the last time? Oh, it, oh it tugged at my heartstrings. But every story in Eve is completely different, yet everybody has, ha has has like a similar philosophy or view because of the nature of the game. But everybody's story is different. And Mark, as a wormholer, I mean, how, how often do you hang out with the guys in your crew in real life? Is that a thing? Do you guys do that? Do you see them often or, or not? I So my group is, is still, I mean, I, I guess it's a little over three years old now. So, um, you know, we just because of the kind of the transient nature of things people kind of come and go right but most of the people who who i've met you know out in the real world um <clears throat> we're all guys who have come through at some point and like i wouldn't say we spend a lot of time together um i've got one good friend of mine who's in uh who's in laser hawks uh shout out to make fight master my boy uh we've we went to go see a braves game just a couple days ago which is great um was it the day the orioles kicked your ass i hope it, it was. was not because that has not happened yet and it won't it happened uh, yesterday you missed it fuck me i did not watch that game all right never mind then Pump. okay so 
we went to go see the Reds, and they did kick the Reds, the Reds' ass. It was great. But there you go. It's neither here nor there. I guess what is what was most. I mean, in the handful of instances where I have had the opportunity to hang out with the guys from in the game, um, it what what's always so weird to me is how natural it feels when you see somebody for the first time, even if you haven't, even if you have no idea what they look like, right? Like, I went to go visit. Uh, I went to a wedding in North Carolina a couple of years ago. I'm, I'm I live down near Atlanta, and uh, while I was there, some of the guys who were in my group at the time said, "Hey, you know, we live near here. Do you want to come over and like say hi?" I'm like, fuck yeah, of course, yeah, why? Like I, you know, of course I would want to do that. So, You're six foot nine. What do you have to be afraid? That's of? true. I right, exactly. Like Nobody's gonna fuck with like, you. I don't. I don't. And it is weird. Somebody after the fact said, "Weren't weren't you afraid they might try and like jump you?" And I'm like, "I, bro, I, I've never." Had that That's fear the in my least life. problem. Maybe I've I need about. to have like if you can kidnap a counter depth refrigerator, yeah. you can kidnap me. <laughs> they, uh, they, somebody. My mom once said because you know when I was younger, uh, not to get off track, but my mom once said that if if somebody ever had the the will and capability to put me into the back of a van then they could have me uh, because at that, at that <laughs> point much. they're doing more they're doing more work than she is so but no so i went to go visit these guys and i never i hadn't seen them before and you know we'd, we'd spoken on comms obviously and like we we were you know good friends but we sat out that night behind uh my buddy's place there in Cary, and we talked for maybe three hours and but it was like it was like talking to people i'd known my entire life and I think that's what's so crazy about Eve as a game is, you know, we, my generation, so most most everybody in here with with two exceptions, um, my generation, uh, smart ass, <laughs> we, you know, we three exceptions actually, three. Who's the third? Merck and Mittens and I are literally six months apart. All I'm of us are six months apart. Oh, then, then all of you, all of you. Then oh my gosh, I'm with a bunch <laughs> of fucking grandpas in here. Jesus right? Christ. Anyway, so I are you really only six months? Okay, never mind. I'm getting off track. When uh when when I was growing up, you know, you were always told like, you know, oh, don't trust people online. Like you never know who they are. And that's true to a certain extent, but I feel like there's there's still a level of, you know, those relationships mean something, right? They matter. Like when I moved to I'm I'm from Indianapolis originally. When I moved from here to here from there. Uh, back in 2017, I uh, I left all my friends back home. Um, you know, I, I was moving down here for work. Uh, my parents had moved down here to be near my grandmother because she was she had cancer and ended up passing away a couple of years later. Um, and those first couple of years that I was here were rough. Um, you know, I didn't know anybody. I didn't you know I didn't know um, you know any of the locations around here. You know, I, I remember one night I was just sitting at you know there frustrated flipping through my phone, trying to find a place to eat. Cause I, you know, all the spots, I didn't know where the spots were. And I was getting kind of frustrated because there's a new environment and I didn't, you know, I wanted to call and talk to a friend of mine and be like, Hey, you know, let's, you know, go get something, you know, go to the bar or something. I couldn't cause they were all, you know, nine hours away suddenly. And, and it was rough and there were, and you weren't 21 either anyway, right? That's well, fuck you. But no, <laughs> uh, oh, there were a couple, there were a couple early on where there were some nights that were bad and some nights where I'd wondered if I if I had if you know, if I'd made a mistake or if you know, um, I, I didn't know how I was going to get through it, and I felt really isolated, and that's why I started playing Eve again. Was because I was like, well, fuck it. I mean, yeah, I might as well. I had a handful of friends who like would log in every six months to like run level fours and then, you know, go AFK for another three years, and so I got on to play with them, and and one of my buddies was like, hey man, you should, you know, I just joined this wormhole corp. You should come try it out. 
And I'm like, ah, I don't know anything about that. Like, this seems sketchy. And that was in 2019. Um, and now, like, four years later. It is sketchy. It is sketchy. It is sketchy. That's totally not sketchy. Changed. That's not true. Even that not, not sketchy. I mean, they elected me. That's, uh it's rough. Right? So I guess what I'm trying to say is that the the thing that strikes me the most about Eve is how genuine it is in terms not just of how you know people are represented in the game but how people are given the opportunity to to be themselves for better or worse right like mm-hmm. and i don't know i mean i'm sure this is the case with plenty of other games but eve feels special in that way where you really it gives people every opportunity to be the be as much of themselves as they can be um and man, it, I don't know. That feels like something to me. Oh, I, it is. I agree I mean, with everything you said. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is. I, I think that that's one of the most magical things about it is that there is, a, it's an opportunity for people who are, you know, not necessarily in the scenario, but if you mm. do find yourself in a scenario where you're in a new town, you're geographically isolated, you know, you're not going to be able to, I mean, maybe your World of Warcraft guild is special. But in general, you start playing some other random other MMO and they aren't like, hey, let's hang out. Let's do this, right? Eve, uh, because it is difficult, creates, I think, uh, such a degree of uh, bonding between people. And you can find somebody out there who's going through something similar because you're all fucking Eve nerds, right? And Mm -hmm. and fundamentally, that does bring a, a very sort of specific Venn diagram of people together. And that's wonderful. Yeah, I I I, I love it. I think I think you're right too. I think it has a lot to do with the kind of people who want to come play this game. I mean, this is not this is I always tell people this is the game that is uh I the 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 best game I would never recommend to somebody, right? <laughs> yeah. Because because it kind of kind of what yeah. it is. So, the people who end up playing this game and end up dedicating a lot of time to it are a special breed. Yes. And and it's it's it is no question that we would find some kind of camaraderie with each other, right? And I mean, plus, just when it comes down to it, when you're playing this game and you're logging in every day and you're talking to people every day and you have space work to do every day and you've got fleets mm-hmm. every day and you're planning shows every day. Oh, I mean, God, Mark I'm and trying. I, I see <laughs> Mark as almost as much as as Mrs. Brisk sometimes. Like uh, he and I are attached at the hip. I talk to him 10,000 times a day and the same with her. There's nobody else in my life that I talk to more than Mr. Merkelchen. So, of course, yeah, my best friend I met in a video game. That's that's how it is. And when it comes to other people that I talk to quite a bit, I'm talking to guys like Nam. I'm talking to Mittens. I'm talking to Dunk. I'm talking to Mark. All of these guys that I meet, they're all around the world, all around the country. And I have more meaningful interactions with them than some of the people that I work with. Because I see them every day. I talk to them every yeah. day. And it's all because of this damn game, which I you think is stop crazy. You strange guys on the internet, Briss. I know, right? It's <laughs> nasty. It's catch up to you. And, you know, it's just, nasty. I want you to be careful. I was, it, this hits me hard. Standing on a street corner in Madison, Wisconsin, in a little suburb with a friend of mine, engaging in something that was neither legal nor should we have been engaging in it i'd never met mittens in my entire life and that (laughs) son of a bitch comes walking up the driveway we try to hide our hijinks and it basically just Mm -hmm. looks like my pants are on fire behind me or something like that and he walks up and we're both looking like you know tom just swallowed jerry or whatever and he's like boys uh-huh. is everything okay and i'm like no 
I mean, it's it's crazy because that was the first Eve thing I ever went to. This is going back now eight or nine years, probably. My own father, uh, the, you know, a guy, not brisk, my other dad. The other the real dad. I'm, I'm 35 at the time or something. And he's like, you never know, the man. Time. These motherfuckers may just want your kidneys or something like that. And That's what Mrs. Brisk you know, tells me every time I go anywhere. Now, now fast forward, I've been to... I, I travel three or four times a year to hang out with my Eve friends. You know, we, 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 we did a couple of weeks ago. We always do DC in uh, February. We kind of get around quite a bit, you know, whether it's a little regional one or one of the big ones or one of the, you know, what remains of the CCP driven events. Um, it, it really can kind of affect your day-to-day life quite a bit in that regard. I think I've probably spent, you know, 60 days traveling, you know, for Eve friends. And they don't tell you that shit when you're downloading the game, you know, no, you don't realize no, they don't. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, you know, that you're going to be prepared up Delta points along the way, you know, but you do. This game will cost you $10,000 in beer. Trust me. <laughs> it's a thing. Donk. You did all this stuff too forever. I mean, I know, the, the, the brave guys, uh, more than anything, you guys were very social. Uh, now that you're, you've taken a step away, is it, does, do you miss it? Is it kind of, do you want to cut back and kind of do that? I, I mean, is this like a thing where we, should we expect you at FanFest? Is this something you're going to want to do again? See everybody? I don't think I'm going to FanFest this year. Okay. Uh, I think uh, I kind of need to give it a full year of like really being disconnected, right? And I need to explore all the other things I like to do. Um, I, I, I do miss some, you know, I miss the people hearing the voices, talking to them, right. The corny videos I made, I have a closet full of jackets like these that I don't have a lot of opportunities in everyday life to wear. I jackets too. Um, I'm, know, I'm sure people at work would love those jackets. If you wore them, I'm not going to, I do, sure I do wear them to work, fun. right. There's one with color bars nice. on it that I wear I to mean, work. Nice. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's such a creative outlet if you if you want to be creative about things like I like making the videos and I like making memes, I like writing articles, all that kind of stuff. And so, not having that kind of creative outlet for someone who's an engineer is still like something that I've got to figure out in my life. Of what do I want to do? I can only make so many beekeeping videos and smoking meat outside videos, right? So, I'm sure I'll fall into something at some point that I want to get engaged in. But I think that for me personally, that creative outlet of it. Um, you know, I can't help but when I read about changes in the game in the industry or whatever, my mind goes to, well, how would I change my spreadsheets to fix that, even though I'm not opening those spreadsheets anymore? So I think um that path of not just the people, but the things I did, the the hobbiness of it, the creativity I was able to enjoy, that 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 is something like I kind of don't have right now. Now I, we uh, are. Go ahead, Benz. You know, one of the things that uh, when I uh, when I quit, I was talking to Sion Kumitomo, and one of the things that he told me is that yeah, dude, it takes you about one or two years really to kind of like decompress from Eve, right? And so, uh, and you know, I think it's fair. One of the things, like particularly if you're in a position of responsibility in in any player organization, and this is something they really don't tell you when you download the game, uh, is functionally you may find yourself being on call, right? So like, like if you're, if you're leading an organization that's vast, you know, you can essentially be on call. Doesn't matter when it is, right? There's always the, the fear of the 4am phone call. Uh, you're on call for like 12 years, 
right? Or, or however long you're, you're, you're doing it. Um, so, you know, just the, one of the things that I, I've found is just the, the, some of these basic freedoms of like, just sitting around in my underwear on a Saturday, right. Mm-hmm. And, and instead of running meetings or, or, you know, doing, doing things like that, just, just some, some of that, uh, the, the responsibility is fascinating and it creates challenges, which are always novel, except when after a certain number of cycles, you're like, oh, this is the sixth time I've seen this iteration of the drama. Merkelchen was referencing that at the start of the show. Um, but yeah, I, I think that, uh, I, I would, uh, you know, I, I think it just takes that long. If you've been in a position where so many people are looking to you and like reaching out to you on a daily basis, to poke you about something that needs doing or looking at or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's just a really different experience, uh, like unplugging from the matrix in, in a lot of ways to just sort of like, you know, uh, what I do is I just smoke a lot and look at the lake, right? I just sit out there and watch birds and think about AI and yeah. try to catch the next hot minting of the apes. Do you have my fucking ape? <laughs> I did not steal your ape. Pappy okay. Snowden stole your ape. That's okay. who you got to go Ooh. ask. That was it, Pappy Snowden. I asked Chad nice. GP who stole my ape and it didn't have an answer for me, which I don't think is a coincidence. That's Chad AI. GPT is like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I, t- I can't let him know I took the ape. All yeah. right. So we have about 20 minutes left. So one of the things I wanted to do was this is a game. It's 20 years old, 20 years worth of stories. I got, I got empires of Eve back here. I've got the second decade book back on my desk and I was looking through it, paging through them before. And they're just a ton of good stories in this game. So I wanted to hear a story from each of you guys. Just tell me something that happened in Eve over the last 20 years that you guys remember that really stuck with you. Because I'm int- I always love to hear these kinds of stories. And I think I'll, the audience loves to hear these kinds of stories, especially. I don't have frigates of Eve. I need to get that. So I'm going to start with Mark. Tell us a story, Mark, about something in Eve that you can remember. Did you say Mark or Merck? Mark or Merck. I said Merck first. Okay. Me. Okay. You're in the I middle. Have a story. Yeah. I so basically, uh, I, I'll try to condense this story down as much as I possibly can and give myself a five minute limit. Me and my my group of friends were originally also in Brave Newbies. We joined the goons to try something else at one point. I remember us pitching very hard to our members we'll join the goons. We're never getting evicted again, man. I mean, these guys got like all the supers in the world. Nothing bad can ever happen to us. Fast forward six months as the goons are getting evicted from Declan. We're having some weird conversations. We didn't think we were ever going to have. So I started doing court meetings on Saturday nights, just very low key impromptu. Let's drink some drinks and talk about business because I was having to try to talk the snoobies down because it was people were riled the F up. This turned into sort of a little bit of a tradition where then people would be like, well, since we're all together, can we just go do something? So we go out, we do things, we have some fun, we goof around. We started watching Everybody Knows Fiesta, Equestria. We, we wandered into the very weird, dark corners of the internet. You know, I, I feel like we, we fumble fucked through bum fighting at some part. That was awful. You know, we, we did backyard hillbilly fighting, you know, like all this strange shit. And then one day somebody was like, look, this DJ is DJing in a club. So enter mind one into the scene. He's still here and we're super happy to have him. But 
Saturday Night Swarm never really stopped. It just evolved. It went from a crisis meeting for a group of friends who thought they were never going to get beat up again to very promptly getting their teeth kicked in and launched out of a region across the game, headed with our tails between our legs, basically back to where we started originally. No big deal. Um, and, and then it turns into a DJ meeting every night. I mean, I, I am not an FC at all, but I have led several thousand fleets and killed trillions of isk along the way. And we've had some wild adventures with really fun stuff that, you know, we've run into the night we got that we had started the fleet and 30 seconds later, we tackled a 50 billion isk marshal and everybody's screaming at the top of their lungs, you know, and it was just, I'll never forget stuff like that. I really miss the people who've wandered off, but it makes me happy because as I'm watching, you know, our, our comps and stuff like that, I see them wandering back, you know, and, and people still dipping their toe in or coming to say hello or just saying, oh, my God, I can't believe you fucking morons are still here doing this. And, <laughs> you know, just to have Fair. these sort of weird that I never set out to create something like that. I didn't ever think this is a need that is unmet for me or my friends or the game. I'm going to do that. But now there's T-shirts, there's hats. I, we were in a meeting in at CCP and Burger or somebody was like, yeah, references Saturday Night Swarm. And I'm like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> People know what this shit is? Like, do you, do you have any idea how this all came to be and what it took to get these things to connect? And that's that is perennially Eve to me. I don't know that there is another incubator out there that could have hatched that egg. Uh, aside from EVE Online. And it's amazing because we rapidly approach a decade of these behaviors that now, I mean, I've told the guys uh, a million times, I get hit by a bus tomorrow, your asses better be there on Saturday night one way or another, you know, and, and I hope that event continues in perpetuity, much like I hope EVE continues, you know, in perpetuity. So that, that, that stands out to me. There've been a million others. I always tell people, I've, I've already forgotten more than they'll ever remember, you know, but it's just stuff like that that is incredibly unique. Um, and there's, there's, I mean, there's just so much that, you know, I, and I haven't even been around that long guys like mittens, holy fuck. You know, I, it's the, the tenure in the game is twice as long or more. So I can't even imagine, you know, all that kinds of shit. So yeah, that, that's it for me. The, the generation of SNS was a good one. That Don, was, tell us know, the story. Or go ahead, Mittens. Go ahead. Uh, oh, uh, I just quick in here. Uh, yeah, Shad Saturday Night Swarm, some of the best and most amazing parties. Mind one, like just having a bard through the war. Right? Oh my like, god, that was. And you know that kind of community bonding, that kind of you know working together as a community, is what allows you to really achieve the, these great things. Uh, but I, but actually, I'm going to shut up here. But I wanted to ask Chat. I have uh, I, I actually there's so much that in terms of stories that I could potentially tell. So if people have particular eras of Eve history that they would be interested in hearing in, I will watch chat while uh, we hand the microphone over to uh, to Dunk. Well, I. So I, I'll just start with when I started playing Eve, it was 2008. And for those that remember back, there used to be a thing called Coad, which was on the official Eve forums, <laughs> which is where. Oh, Basically, yeah. it's it's the equivalent then of what r slash Eve is today, where that's where the memes and propaganda and there were people role playing on it. And I was just this guy running level four missions in high sec, terrified to go to null sec. But I would read Coad religiously and tried to follow. And I think it was just I remember max damage. I remember the posting about that. 
Um, and just thinking like, I'm never going to partake in this. Like, this is so intense, <laughs> so overwhelming. And just being like in awe that like these people were able to do these things, be so famous and, you know, all of that happening. And then it fast forwards to, you know, Brave gets formed and then our long standing issues with Pandemic Legion. And what it led up to for me, which I still think is one of the days that I felt like the most happening, most memorable to me, is the there was a battle in ULAX over a Keat star that was anchoring. This is when uh, kind of the North was sweeping around to try and kill Legacy. And it was a huge standoff and everybody put their cards all in on the table, like nobody held back. And two things happened that kind of stick with me. One, I was in a Titan, look, which would I would never have dreamed of being in. And I got to kill a pandemic Legion Titan, like being able to take revenge in that way felt like a real personal, like push back against what had been our kind of historical enemy. So that was an amazing feeling to me. But on top of it, I felt like it, it hit me like I'm part of what the co-ad looked to me. I was in one of those things. And it's like a, it's like you're a soldier at a battle and you can talk about it for years to come. Right. Just like I was M2, there. Right? I, was I was there. there I was there. And there's been a lot of things since then that, that I could also point to. But ULAX for me personally was the one that I felt like this is a game changing moment. The meta is shifting moment and I'm part of it. And I did a thing in it that, you know, I will always remember sleeping on my floor with my headphones on being woken up every half hour to push the doomsday button. Right. So that to me is like going from looking from such a distance as a new player at these null sec hijinks to then participating in it and achieving something in it. To me, that first time you really have that moment that you feel like you're part of the books, that that's a big deal. Um, yeah. Mark, I want to hear your story. And then I want to hear Ben's, obviously. I'm trying to think about what I think the moment for me, because see, I, 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 I mentioned earlier, I, I started playing the game again. I was very briefly in test uh, back in 2016. We forgive and, you. And I did not enjoy it very much. Uh, not not a knock on test necessarily. I may have just been very bad, but um, actually it was a knock on test. I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean that. Uh, I forgot my audience. So there was the one night that I realized it was real, like in that, that like Eve online could actually make me feel something that, that wasn't just fleeting, right? Like jump scares are cheap, right? Anybody can get jump scared, right? Cause something happens and you're like, Oh God, and your body reacts and that's it. But like the things that, that kind of stay with you, those moments that like, you can't, you don't just get rid of them. Right. I'm still, I'm still chasing the high, of there, there was this one fight there was a i don't remember if it was in a c6 or a c5 but it was a cataclysmic hole um and myself uh and some friends of ours from um almost dangerous uh and singularity syndicate and prismatic legion were evicting this this um this this cataclysmic and we 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 were pretty thick uh we had formed pretty thick but there was a there was a frig hole to get in, um, and they had moved they had moved some stuff in, uh, and then they had enough at that time because the you know the residents were there too. They brought in some friendlies, um, and 
they you know had a bunch of other shit that were you know they they their numbers have ballooned quickly and we had one we were desperately holding one hole for hole controls we were trying to get a couple more people in um and we started probably at like six o'clock in the evening and we went for maybe five or six hours fighting we fought in the hole on on one of the holes for hole control uh, we fought on our POS because we had a staging POS in there. Uh, and we had um, a couple guys who who got stuck outside the POS and we had to, you know, intervene there. Then there were two fleets from Wormhole Society and Cryptid Gaming who were burning up chain and we had to go intervene there too and fight them and manage to push them off. Um, and at the very last second as we were, you know, we had maybe 70 to start in our fleet, which doesn't feel like a lot, but trust me, the numbers were huge back then. Uh, 70 in our fleet that had maybe gotten down to like 35 or 30. Uh, and we finally go to the fort. Um, and about that time, a hard knocks uh, had, had shown up and they were going to help us clear out the fort because hard knocks knew that wholesale, uh, which was the other big dog at the time in wormhole space was rolling for that eviction. Um, and we're sitting here shooting the final timer on the fort. Uh, and I've got I've got Jimmy Michaels, the the Hard Knocks FC, blowing up my 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 uh, DMs because we need to get rollers over this hole. But by then it was too late, and and fucking wholesale jumps in. It was like at one in the morning. We'd been going for hours. I was exhausted. Um, wholesale jumps this like seventy man Drekovec fleet in and swamps us. And we 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 managed to pull back. I mean, we, we you know they we lost the timer, but. There was it was that moment that night after like hours of fighting on four different grids, like over over this objective that we ended up losing by the time it was done. That and like maybe there was a fight we had with with Hawks a couple years ago where they jumped into a, an eviction we were doing at three in the morning and we all had to bat phone and, or, or we all the rage ping and get everybody up at once. Those are the kind of moments where like you realize it's not just a video game, right? Because like video games are are great. A lot of fun, really enjoy it, and there are memorable moments from those games. But this, this felt like, like some kind of. It felt different, man. It felt like, like something that just like sticks inside your soul. Like I, I've been chasing the high of that night for years now, and I don't know if I'm ever gonna find it again. Um, but like, just being there and seeing, you know, being on comms with people, seeing, you know, you know, our group was tiny compared to these other guys and, and just being involved with it and being being part of it um i don't know man like that that's the kind of shit that i you know the more and more that kind of thing happens and the more and more that you know you, you sort of feel that in your bones i i don't feel like i don't know how anybody could ever recreate this like so much of what eve is didn't happen because anything of ccp like anything ccp did to the game right they've created a cool game awesome i love it but so much of what what eve is like what eve means to people like like the things that that just stick inside you and don't let go that has nothing to do with the development of the game now it has helped sure but the most important thing ccp ever did was give people the tools to make this game a social game and that's the kind of stuff that that matters i think when it's all said and done like in years from now when they shut the servers off yep. and we're not doing this thing anymore. Like that's, those are the kind of things. I'll many, many, many years from now, obviously. <laughs> Probably. Now there is nobody in the game that has more stories and mittens. And I could sit and listen to him talk for hours, but you know, we're not going to do that. Maybe another 20 minutes. We'll see. Okay. We might go a little long today. Cause we feel like it. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. It's the anniversary. Tell me a story, Mills. Okay. Well, uh, I've had a few questions here, and um, I think I will do it like this. The year is 2006. We, when I say we, I mean the leadership of Goonswarm, not me being the leader, because in 2006, I am just the spy guy, right? Uh, Remedial is the leader of Goonswarm, and we have just been invaded by Band of Brothers. Invaded as much as one can invade the NPC region of Syndicate. This turned out uh, to be a bit of a mistake on Bob's part, but at the time, uh, it was just like, oh my God, these guys have come here. We can mess with them psychologically. We can do whatever. But our whole plan of being good boys and girls who are going to play by the galaxy's rules and work within the diplomatic framework of NullSec of 2006 uh, had been blown up because D.B. Preacher and Diabolic and Sir Molly and all of our dear band of brothers friends uh, had decided that they had had enough with these cheeky, cheeky goons who did not know their place. There the irony, no of course, goons. is that we were trying to find our place. We had made diplomatic contact with Ascendant Frontier, who controlled the galactic southeast, uh, and we were involved in accidental conquest of Cloud Ring, a certain system called XZH. Um, but Bob came after us and we were like, well, we can't conquer any solve now. And Askin just betrayed us and wouldn't send us a fucking battleship fleet, Sivok. Uh, so anyway, uh, there we were and we were sort of going, now what? Right. They came in, they blew up some posses. It wasn't a big deal. We were in NPC NullSec. What do we do? Uh Unfortunately, because Band of Brothers was the very serious Ibushido hegemon of the galaxy at the time, uh, the fact that they had declared a fatwa against us functionally uh, meant that our diplomatic options were now very restricted because everybody who wanted to be nice, nice with the hegemon, like Askin, suddenly had to say, oh, no, oh, goon's, goon, goon's bad, goon's bad, all, all of this stuff. This essentially forced us, if we wanted to continue as an organization, and the desire for revenge burned within us, uh, because you know these 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 people with their kickboxing girlfriends posting on Coad, right? Like you know we were we were gonna post these guys to death. We were gonna take them down. It didn't matter if we had to use every frigate in the galaxy to do it. It was on. And Vilrad and I were balls deep in this scheme to reach out to the only people in the galaxy who were as hated now politically. Because again, we were blue with Askin. We were perfectly fine with everybody. We were going to be good boys and girls. And then Sir Molly decided to get his panties in a bunch. And then the only people we could talk to were uh, the Russians, actually, in EVE Online, Red Alliance, who were disliked throughout the galaxy because of, well, not throughout the galaxy, disliked by the Band of Brothers people and all of them because they would fight dishonorably against the Southern Coalition. Now, what does that mean, fighting dishonorably? What that means is that when 13,000 people from Latka Volterra and the Southern Coalition around them who controlled the galactic Northeast minus the Russian bits and, uh, and the, the Southeast, that whole middle bit there, MNC zone, uh, they had 13,000 people, Red Alliance had 800. But they had some of the best pilots in the game, some of the best sniping battleship pilots. You could give these guys a tempest, evil thug, and death in them, and they would hold things like CJ6 that all mathematics says that they should not the have been able grinder. to hold. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So 
how do you do this? We're over in syndicate. We just got sort of spotched by, you know, as much as you can really go after a group that only has frigates and has one carrier, literally one carrier. That was all we had. It was remedials carrier. <laughs> uh, the only thing you could do about that uh, was, you know, how do, how do we get in touch with these, these Russians? Well, they had no reason to trust us. So a meeting was arranged after a fair amount of back and forth diplomacy. And, and I have to say the first time, now keep in mind, I'm, I'm just some dude, right? Nobody's going like, oh, you're the Matani. I'm just some dude who got bored of playing World of Warcraft. I started playing the game with Goonswarm in like, it was like January of 2006 when I like came back from the precursor organization. I took a little break. I come back and, you know, we're, we're flying frigates. We have no idea what's going on. We, we just had the most powerful entity in the history of the game has said that we got to go. And now we're playing EVE Online. Uh, so the first time that I ended up on comms, on TS, with, uh, with, with some of the guys from RA, with uh, like Master, uh, Maktep, Nink, uh, and Death, you know, they, they sounded like aliens from the planet Murder, right? Like I, I was talking about this earlier as like, you know, playing an international game. Like when you go meet other people in other cultures that you don't have experience with, you're, you know, your, your eyes are going to get open. Uh, and of course, they needed to, to see whether we were really worth any kind of effort, right? Their Red Alliance have been betrayed a million times. There's all of this drama. What, what do we do? Well, uh, we decided to have a meet in Washington, D.C., a few blocks away from the Spy Museum, oddly enough. Uh, there is a uh, bar called Fado. It's an Irish pub there. It's probably still there. It's a good pub. Yeah. And uh, after work one day, uh, me and Vile Rat... And Darius Johnson went there in order to meet for the first time in person, UAX death. And there we would sort of sniff butts, essentially. We would, you know, this was the kind of thing where if we were going to be doing things at the level of nullsec play that we were going to, which is to say, overturn the entire galactic political order, put Band of Brothers to the sword, destroy Laca Volterra in 47 days, send the Southern Coalition scattering before us and reshaping the galaxy in our image. If we were going to do something like that, we would need to meet face to face and really sort of get a get our eyeballs on one another. Uh, it closed by during COVID, by the way, unfortunately. Oh, mm. But so, there's five of them around the country. So there's uh, if you're in Chicago, you can go to Fedo, but you can't go to DC anymore, sadly. Oh. They should put a plaque there. This is the meeting with Vile Rat and Xdeath and, and Mittens. <laughs> you know, it it did kind of change the course of history. So uh, one of the things, un unfortunately, death has passed. Uh, Vile Rat was taken from us. Uh, you know, it, it, it's one of those things like death. You know, you have the stereotype of you're going to meet a Russian and uh, you're like, he's going to want vodka. We're going to be at a bar. And death was always about Hennessy. He did not drink vodka. Not liking vodka was sort of like his thing. So, you know, and if you, if you ever had the opportunity to meet him, you know, he was a character, right? He was an absolute character. And also he was a murderously aggressive EVE Online metaverse warlord, right? Like this is a dude who could whip a sniping battleship fleet. And this is an era where sniping battleships ruled Nullsec and well, they held CJ6, right? The facts speak for themselves. So at, this was the meeting with, where we decided that we would form essentially what would later become Red Storm Federation. And we all got drunk as hell. And I don't really remember many of the details because it was one of those bonding kind of things. Uh, and then we decided uh, after that, 
uh, we were going to uproot Goonstorm because we were in Syndicate and we said, fuck it. If you will give us space in CG6, CJ6, like you'll let us dock in this station, we will drop what we're doing and, and come on over. And this was before time dilation, but the I remember that op where we left SU8A4, OG straight out of Syndicate. Uh, we left our, our home and it was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of goons and frigates and whatever crap just in this shit show of a caravan across the galaxy that just <laughs> bent the servers as they went. Uh, and then uh, and then things got really interesting. So like at this point, now we're there and another group of people that would be incredibly influential in the history of the Imperium uh, then came to the table, which was we had a uh, great like Red Swarm. We're doing some things. We're fighting. We're becoming friends. But then Tau Ceti Federation, the French, the French Eve players that were not in Band of Brothers. There were some that were in Band of Brothers, but the cool French guys were in Tau Ceti. And they came along with us. And then this group, this, this amazing group of space nerds from completely different cultures, completely different languages, completely different backgrounds, proceeded to say, okay, we're done being kicked around. Mm. It's our turn. Uh, and then, you know, the rest is history. You know, this sort of dovetails then into the, the, some of the things that people were asking about, about the conquest of JV-1V, uh, the, the process of putting Lack of Volterra to the sword. Uh, you had... Uh, chow down, I'm stealing your targets, TikTok. You know, there, there's a lot of really old school kind of kind of nerd grudges that come from this. But I, I think it's a great story because it shows the impact of that uniquely EVE Online experience of what we're about to do in this dumbass video game is serious enough that we need to, to meet in the real world and have a real alliance and look each other in the eye as mm -hmm. men and say, okay, we're, we're doing this dumb thing, right? Uh, mm -hmm. And then you make friends and you are exposed to new cultures and they are exposed to your culture. And, and all of this all uh, came uh, from that. So I, I think it's it's just a lovely, weird twist of fate that took us all in many, many different directions that none of us expected at the time. That is correct. Now, I'm going to do and Merck always likes to give me a hard time because I like to give shout outs and do advertising for other things than this stream when we're on the stream, and I do that on Rampage all the time. But today, I'm going to do it because this is important. So the story you just heard from Mittens, great story. It is included in the Empires of Eve book by Andrew Groening. This is volume two, volume one. They are on sale on the Empires of Eve website. I just linked it in local or in, uh, in chat. That is not a pancake cat. Half off this weekend for the 20th anniversary. If you guys have not bought these books buy them. If you like listening to stories like Dunk and Merck and, and Mark and, and Mittens just gave, and you don't need to hear a story from me, you get that all the time. These are the types of things that are in this book. This is a history of Nullsec dating back from the very beginning. And it goes through the start of the game through up to almost to the casino war. It gets us almost all the way there. And hopefully he'll do a volume three that gets us through Casino War and through Vietnam and all of the other stuff that's happened recently. But th these are two history books written by a journalist talking about the history of a video game. That's why this game is not going anywhere. And for the, I, I know someone had asked in the beginning, I'm, I'm interested in starting this game, but I'm worried that if I started now that the servers are just going to shut down because it's been going on so long. You don't have to worry about that. 
This is the start of the third decade of this game. It is still going strong. Now, on this show, we give people a hard time. We give CCP in particular a hard time quite often. But one thing that they have been able to demonstrate that many other AAA game companies have not, and yes, I called them a AAA game company. You can yell at me in the chat if you want. They know how to stick around. These guys have been around for 20-plus years. They're not going anywhere. Yes, they're working on other games. Yes, they're working on different IPs. Yes, they're trying to make more money besides just Eve. But Eve itself is still here and still going strong. For 20 years, we're starting. This is the start of the third decade today. Yesterday was the last day of the second decade. Today is the first day of the third decade of Eve Online. The stories that are in these books, the stories that you heard from Mittens and Merck and Dunk and Mark, these are representative of all of the stories that every single person that plays this game has. Everybody has a story like this. And maybe it's something small like, hey, the first time I saw a Titan in the game or the first time I I got to read uh, the story about, you know, this person or the first time I got to see somebody in real in, in the game that I had read about in a book or I've seen on a Twitch stream. It was so exciting. Little tiny stories. Everybody has them. There will be plenty plenty more of those over the next 10 years. And while Mittens is gone now and Dunk is gone now, Mark and I and Mark are still here. Plenty of other people are still here. The stories that are going to be written are going to be written by people you've never heard of. And they're going to be just as important in the game in five or six years or 10 years as these guys were for the previous 20. And that's one of the cool things about this game. If you want to get involved, if you want to be part of it, There's no time better than the present. And you may be a nobody now, but that can change very, very quickly in this game. We were all nobodies. And that's it. Every single one of us started out as just another random nerd playing an internet spaceships game. And now, at least in terms of Eve terms, we're all household names for for the people that care about our stuff. It's pretty freaking cool. Now, we're a little bit over, and Mrs. Brisk is going to be yelling at me because we got to go. We have dinner date tonight. I want to ask all of you guys for one last final thought before we get out of here. And we wrap up the Meta Show's 20th anniversary of Eve celebration. Dunk, I'll start with you. Last thoughts. Well, I'll just say, uh, besides being Eve 20th anniversary, it's also the uh, Brave collective 10 years 10 years of our nonsense which is a huge achievement is to keep a group together for this long if you think about it there's a few groups that are older than us but at the size we are it's a big achievement everyone who's been a part of brave from the very beginning has made it what it is today i think people are still having fun and so my uh my kudos on 10 years of us being an alliance uh hopefully changing the path of the game a little bit and making it a little more fun for everyone. So that's my last thoughts on 20 years of Eve and 10 years of Brave. Mittens, final thoughts. I look forward to another 20 years, right? Like one of the things that's so fascinating is you want to see the groups continue. You want to see people continue to make friends, these bonds to form the world being sort of brought together in a weird way to play internet spaceship rugby or however you want to analogize it. Um, there's nothing like it there will never be anything like it and uh you know if you're brave enough haha uh you you can try to be part of those stories right it's uh you won't know what the story is going to be you might not get the story that you signed up for uh, but there will be stories if you plug in all right mark 
it's a good time uh, to play Eve. There, it's no secret that there have been some dark moments for the game in semi-quasi recent history. They seem to have pulled the nose up so that there's not much risk of clipping the mountain anymore. It's a good time, as good a time as any, uh, to to come play it. Uh, if you've been thinking about it, or if you've been gone and are considering coming back. When we first started Karma Fleet a decade ago, I remember a group of us, there were 12 people in the corporation at the time, and we were freaking out, thinking about how are we going to keep these 12 people occupied? Like, what do we do now? Um, We were having this talk. I remember saying myself, it's awesome to join a group like the Goons, but I feel like they've done everything there is to be done already. And is there any story (laughs) left for us? You know, and now you fast forward we're marching north of 10,000 people in our corporation. There's not a lot of alliances that are bigger than this corp. And the amount of adventures and crazy stories and hijinks and random insane shit that's happened to us in that interceding time is incredible. And so I would say to anybody who's worried, did I miss it? Is it too late? Is there anything left to do? Are there any mountains left to climb? There absolutely are. It is not too late. So get in there and go do your thing. Mark? Five months ago, I um, <clears throat> I almost closed down my alliance uh, because, you know, guys had gotten busy and, and, and numbers were low and and I wasn't sure if I really saw the point, you know, that I could, I could keep doing the CSM stuff, but I wasn't sure if it was worth keeping our community afloat. Um, and uh, I had a bunch of guys who really showed up for me and 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 prove that I was wrong. So I don't really have a whole lot else to say. I want to. I should. I guess just shout out my boys, uh, my directors, Grubu, Rild, Ronan, Drac, and Dan, and all of my all my guys in Turbo. Um, I mean, I I, I talk about it every now and then because I'm a big softy. But you guys, you guys save my life every day, and I love you, and I can't wait oh, to keep God. doing this thing with you guys and all my worm babies, all my little worm people out there. I want you to know that I love you guys too. Um, and man, what a fucking year it's been. What a fucking 20 years it's been, man. <laughs> Who has uh, it better than us? You know what I mean? There you go. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was Mark Resurrectus, the renter king of Wicked Creek. A now, Wicked Creek. <laughs> I'm going to keep this brief. I want to see I'm, my shout out or my final thought today is today is the 20th anniversary of Eve Online. And in recognition of that, we are relaunching Imperium.News, the most read, most watched, most paid attention to news for EVE Online website in the history of EVE Online. Brand new, just came out a couple of hours ago. We're working to get new content up on the site. We have rebranded, rebooted. We are ready to go. We're going to be moving forward into the next decade with Imperium.News, as well as all of our other shows here on INN. It has been 20 years of this game. Let's hope that we're all here 20 years from now talking about the last 20 years. Thank you guys all for joining us. This has been a star-studded meta show. We have the Matani, we have Merkelchen, we have Dunk Dinkle and Mark, as well as myself, Brisk Rupal. This has been the meta show for May the 6th, 2023, Eve's 20th birthday. Thanks for watching, and you stay classy, New Eden.